Welcome to the Counselors of Real Estate Top 10 podcast series. In these 10-minute episodes, we'll discuss one of the prevailing 2022-2023 top 10 issues affecting real estate. I'm Bill McCarthy, CRE, 2023 Global Chair of the Counselors of Real Estate and President of WPJ McCarthy & Company in Burnaby, British Columbia, Canada. Counselors of real estate are trusted advisors finding solutions to complex real estate challenges. Experienced, innovative, and credential problem solvers, counselors reside in 21 countries, practice in many more, and offer expertise in 60 real estate disciplines across all asset classes. Each has earned the prestigious CRE designation. Our guest for this episode is Maureen Ehrenberg, CRE, co founder and CEO of Blue Skyer IBE, a woman-owned business enterprise and strategic partner of Colliers International. Maureen is an expert in business process transformation and strategic positioning of large complex portfolio operations with a focus on ESG and new ways of working. Before founding Blue Skyer, Maureen was global head of real estate operations and strategic services for WeWork. She has also held global executive positions with JLL, CBRE, and Grub Ellis. Maureen authored the narrative supporting the number five issue on this year's compilation of the top 10 issues affecting real estate, energy. To review all issues in this year's report, visit cre.org top 10. Welcome, Maureen. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Okay, so we have our first question for you. Energy conservation, including reform, sustainability, and renewable energy has been an ongoing topic in real estate for more than 50 years. What is the difference now? Well, energy savings has been a pretty much a minor concern for a very long time. And a lot of that had to do with just the bottom line. And groups were looking for the ROI, but um, I think that you know, in general, they weren't really seeing uh, others making it a priority. And there's a big impact of that, of what's everyone else doing. So the biggest change today is really the business case is there now. The business case is very different. Today with a return to office, greenhouse gas reductions uh, for emissions, looking from a cost perspective, energy can be about 40% of a building's operating costs. So a 20% reduction in that is pretty material, not only for building owners, but for the tenants and the occupiers. I would say though that uh, there has been a sea change and that's literal. Uh, the sea change, when we look at climate change, we look at rising sea levels, we look at uh, critical temperature thresholds that we're reaching, the impact on real estate and communities has been witnessed, it's visible. So people realize there is a, you know, an imperative that we change the way we consume energy. Um, this uh, impact of what are others doing, that goes back to ESG. So, you know, simply if you believe no one else really is cares about it and they're not really doing anything about it, uh, why should you act alone? What impact can you have? But today, when you look at even in residential real estate, when they share what your neighbors are consuming and it shows what you consume compared to your neighbors, that matters at the, you know, the human and the residential level. But at the corporate level, the real estate level, when you start looking at people's ESG priorities, their corporate social responsibility statements and what they're doing regarding the real estate, the built environment, it's impacting valuation, 
it's impacting um, demand and supply, so it matters. But not only does it uh, matter in that way, there's also some regulatory um, disclosure issues, policies, um, compliance issues. So it's the old kind of carrot and stick where non-compliance can have some real issues with the stick. And uh, the carrot is that it's one, not only the right thing to do, a lot of people care about it, the investors care about it, the tenants care about it, customers care about it. It is a very important thing. So more than being just the right thing to do from an ethical perspective, it's also a right thing to do from a business perspective because it's smart business. Do you think that this has um, flowed through into the decision makers for real estate now? Because we've talked 50 years, there's been quite a bit of discussion, but what you've just said now, you have data, you have means to measure, you have metrics, and now you can scorecard this out. You mentioned that energy is 40% possibly of a, of a building's operation. So seems to be at this time more of an economic case, a financial case for being proactive on the ESG and the energy file? Yes, and I also think from a demand side, uh, you could um, really risk becoming obsolete, your facility, because ultimately when a tenant is looking for um, a place to locate and they're looking at their own greenhouse gas emissions and their own corporate requirements around ESG, if your building doesn't really meet the standards around everything from the, you know, the air quality, uh, the way you're consuming energy and what it means for them on their, their own consumption of the energy in the building, they're gonna choose an alternative. And so it, it really does matter from a demand and supply, from an investment viability and valuation. Do I believe that all owners are aware of this? I think it's still varied. I, um, I think that some people think that ESG is just E, means sustainability. They don't really um, haven't maybe gone as deep into the topic, understanding what the S stands for. It's not just about diversity and inclusion. There are social impacts, social valuation impacts, community impact, um, making your building far more accessible um, to others with maybe physical limitations or other, other issues that need to really be addressed to make it inclusive. And then G regarding data governance and what, it, what you're doing in the digital environment. So there's still, a, I would say there's a curve, there's a learning curve. The good news is there is such a plethora of information out there. It, it would be quite easy for someone pretty quickly to come up that learning curve. Good. Next question. What are some of the practical consequences that a building owner or owners and business owners are facing and need to consider in their business continuity and resiliency planning with regards to energy? Oh, well, first and foremost, from a practical perspective, understanding what net zero policies mean, because these are very important policies. These are statements that organizations are putting out for compliance. So whether you're an investor and saying that this is where your money is going to flow and this is where you're going to choose to invest in real estate and into asset classes and exit others, whether you're, you're looking at your tenants and corporations and right now, particularly in office space, um, there's a you know, big concern about occupancy. And so making sure that you understand what your tenants and your customers mean when they say net zero, are you aligning and complying or are you at risk of potentially them leaving the property? And then your employees themselves have expectations on you um, as an owner and an operator, and then ultimately just your own accountability. So preparedness is key for this because if you're, um, if you're not really close to what these issues are and understand what they are, you are at risk for the properties in the portfolio you're managing. 
And second, you know, when I look at ESG, uh, ESG is all at its core risk management. And so a real risk would be, let's say the electric power goes down, the grid goes down, there's a local power outage, something happens. Um, if it is a huge grid outage and you're not prepared for it, um, this could be a complete disaster. You could lose businesses, you could um, really put an entire value chain at risk. And if you're the landlord or the owner occupier of the building, having a very good plan around what would you do if there was a complete loss of power or a long uh, lengthy power outage, because ultimately this should be part of your business continuity planning, uh, how you'd respond, how you'd react, because the reality is uh, with the storms that we're seeing with some of the big, big um, issues regarding the grid, it's a, it's a reality. And so that risk, part of ESG is just knowing that you've got a resilient business plan and that your business is not at risk. So that power um, planning is, is absolutely critical. You got to plan for the outage and have the resources ready to respond. And then I think the third thing is just planning for climate change in general. I mentioned a little um, while ago about storms and risks with portfolios. And ultimately what we're seeing is a big change in the way people are doing site selection. So they're looking at their portfolios and looking at where maybe some offices that they have or properties that they have are in areas of climate impact. And some are making different decisions about where to locate and what offices to close uh, because they're trying to manage that risk from climate change. So that's another pragmatic issue that you look at where your properties are and where you're investing to decide, you know, if you're going into an area that has extreme climate change, should really be looking at what those drivers are because things have changed dramatically regarding site selection. I think that's a very key point which you just raised and that's the thought of possibly focusing quite a bit more on risk assessment and risk management. When we look at our top 10 uh, list this year, energy is number five, ESG is number 10, and number eight is regulatory uncertainty. And there seems to be some topic of debate that ESG means, you know, imposed regulations. And this leads to quite a bit of concern in the real estate markets where certainty is above all um, striven for. But perhaps framing the argument more what one of risk assessment and risk management might be a way to go. Do you see that possibly being coming more of a trend? Oh, absolutely. I think that, you know, as I said, whenever I, I look at ESG and you look at all the different areas, it really is about managing risk out of your business, whether it is from what you're doing, the impact you're having positive, um, or, or un unfortunately, if it was negative in a local community, under, under governance, do you have good solid governance and accountability? And then with the E, it's are you running a resilient, sustainable business model? And so that incorporates a lot when we talk about energy. And so I think the biggest risk right now, just in the energy sector itself is reliability, cost, and then this compliance piece we just talked about with risk. And so when you think about risk, um, you know, just on the energy topic itself, are you running efficiently? Is it efficient usage? Are you looking at renewables? Are you looking at potential power generation? Do you understand what net zero means? And then ultimately, I think one of our other topics in the top 10, just what it means to be uh, have a smart building, a smart portfolio, the digital piece. And the impact of digital to make buildings more dynamic and smarter about the way they consume energy and the way they operate equipment can be a tremendous boon to all the topics you talked about, risk, energy, ESG, 
And so that topic and the ESG topic are becoming probably the two primary drivers across all the other trends. So one last quick follow-up. Um, it's one thing to develop a brand new building with all the technological advances. We have all the energy efficiencies, et cetera. But so much of our real estate portfolio around the world is older buildings, which have to be retrofitted and possibly upgraded if they can. Is there room for this debate with regards to those who are managing and owning older portfolio um, assets? Yes, because everything from just making sure that your, you know, your windows aren't leaking um, you know, heat out and air conditioning out all the way down to are you looking at your low cost, um, no cost initiatives? And then ultimately, there is a real opportunity uh, when you look more, uh, more broadly at carbon. So if you look at um, embodied carbon, someone coming into an old, older building, if they can use a lot of the existing uh, build out and maybe do some minor retrofits, as far as their entire net zero strategy, that could actually be a benefit. Um, if it's a low rise building and the windows could open, if you could have access to outdoor um, working environment and fresh air, the adaptability of some of the older assets, there is um, a, a real demand. And another big demand that we're seeing is that you know, the big tall towers um, that people are returning to the office at, you know, some of the feedback is issues with getting to your parking space, the, the length of time it takes to get downtown. And so the counselors have been talking, you know, a lot about 15 minute cities. And the fact is, is that these districts, these cool hip 15 minute cities and districts where people can easily access the buildings, many of those buildings are the older assets. And so that is tremendous opportunity, again, for adaptive reuse in these district areas. And when you look at a user, for example, like Google, um, that's gone into Fulton Market, and now they've bought the state of Illinois building. There is, um, I think, for a while, it seemed as though the opportunity wasn't there today. It is truly there for existing buildings. That's excellent. And I think um, communication and how these arguments and how this data is presented is going to be so important going forward. And you've given us a lot to think about today, Maureen. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you very much. Great. We're grateful for your knowledge and contributions to this year's report. We'll continue to see building owners and operators investing in measures to protect their assets from issues that have not always needed to be considered previously. Join us next time for another discussion on one of the top 10 issues affecting real estate. I'm Bill McCarthy on behalf of Marine and the Councillors of Real Estate. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Top 10 in 10. Thank you all.